Welcome to A Brief Chat. I'm Jason Crane. Today is Monday. It's the 20th day of April 2020. For 2020. And obviously, you know, insert your own pot joke right here. I'm so glad you're here. I thought today that I might talk about three things that I have started getting into as a result, I guess as a result of the fact that we're all locked down in our homes. And I don't necessarily mean because these things, you know, are only things to get into when you're locked down, but I'm not sure that if I had the whole of our new home, Tucson, to explore that I would have had the sustained chunks of time to get into these things. Like, it would have occurred to me to start doing it. So I guess that's what I mean when I say caused by our current circumstances. The first of those three things, I guess I'll take them in the order that I started getting into them. The first is Terry Pratchett's Discworld books, which, you know, of course I've known about for years and years, because if you're my kind of nerd you tend to hear about the things that my kind of nerds are into, and certainly Terry Pratchett is one of those things. And quite a number of years ago, I can't remember how many, I did read the first book in the Discworld series, The Color of Magic, but I never continued for whatever reason. I think I enjoyed it, but I just didn't keep going. And then I was listening to, I think it was an episode of Date Fight, a podcast I enjoy with Nat Tapley and Jake Yap. And Nat was mentioning or kind of contrasting Terry Pratchett and Douglas Adams. And that reminded me of the existence of Terry Pratchett's Discworld books. And so I decided I would start again. So I did. And I think I'm six or seven in now. And I'm really enjoying them. Now, having been steeped before this in the writing style of Douglas Adams, I will say that I do find a lot of similarities. I mean, they're two incredibly similar writers. Essentially, one of them is writing in a swords and sorcery setting and the other in a sci-fi setting, but they're very, very similar in a lot of other ways. Now, uh, Nat said that he thought Terry Pratchett was the more humanist of the two writers. He thought that Terry Pratchett had more faith in humanity than Douglas Adams. And I don't know if I see that necessarily, um, because that always struck me as a real hallmark of Douglas Adams, too. But I am really enjoying them. They're very funny. There's some, some pretty heartfelt stuff in there, too. And it's cool to see an author who thoroughly understands all the tropes of fantasy, but does not necessarily accord them any kind of sacredness or respect. <laughs> I think that's that's pretty fun. So, you know, there's all of the things that you would expect in a fantasy novel are in each of these books, but they're not, uh, they're often subverted in really delightful ways. You don't have to read them in order. They are not a continuing story. There are two books, the first two books one is the sequel to the other, but uh, that's the only time, to my knowledge, that that happens. And although characters appear from other books, it's not necessary to to read them kind of in chronological or publishing order. I am, though, of course, because that's the way I do everything. And I think I think there is some benefit to it. If for nothing else, then, you know, he wrote them that way, so why not read them that way?
but there could be endless arguments about that the same way there's endless arguments about, you know, which order to watch the Star Wars movies or whatever. The second thing that I've gotten into, and this I never expected to get into no matter what, is Star Trek The Next Generation. Now, when I was growing up, uh, late 70s into the 80s, you know, in terms of my formative years, you were kind of either a Star Trek person or a Star Wars person, and I was definitely a Star Wars person. I've seen a few episodes of the original Star Trek series. I saw a few of the maybe two or three of the early movies that had the original series cast in them. And then I saw the two reboot movies that J.J. Abrams did. And then, very oddly, I saw the first season of, or some of the first season of Voyager, the last time I lived in Tucson, you know, 20-something years ago, because my aunt and uncle had cable, and I would go over for whatever reason to watch it. I think it was kind of a big deal. This was still in the network TV era, although you know, network and basic cable. And when UPN existed and it was announced that there was going to be a new Star Trek, it was a pretty big deal. And so I thought, well, I'll try and jump on the, the cultural moment. And I did watch some, but I ended up moving, and that was the end of it. I never followed up on it. So then I was on Netflix as we all are just trying to take up some of the hours of time we suddenly have to do things with that normally we might have been out somewhere else doing things with or you know at work or whatever you might have been doing and as i was scrolling through netflix i saw star trek the next generation and i have tried to watch because my friends kevin and jen are big star trek fans i have tried to watch next generation a couple of times and I have never made it past the first half of the first episode. And then on a couple occasions, Kevin in particular has said it doesn't get good until Riker grows a beard. So you can skip all the stuff up to then if you want. I just can't do that. I am not capable of skipping all the stuff up to any point in a series. If I'm going to get into a series, it's going to be soup to nuts. That's the only... Uh, way my brain functions is to watch the whole thing. So this time, I made it past the first episode, and I thought, well, I'm going to give it like five episodes and see what happens. And I started tweeting about it, which helps too. I've made this massive, it's very long now, thread about Star Trek The Next Generation at Jason D. Crane on Twitter. And little by little, I started getting into it. And even though most people say the first season is incredibly rough, and there are some extremely awful episodes in the first season, I found myself really absorbed in the characters and the acting and a lot of the storytelling. And by the second season, I was pretty hooked. I'm in the fourth season now, and uh, I'm, I'm definitely here to stay. I'm going to see it all the way through. And then probably watch Deep Space Nine, which Kevin will uh, defriend me forever if I don't eventually watch. So I'm going to watch that. And then the third and most recent thing is The Grateful Dead. Whoever thought I'd be making a podcast episode in which two of the three topics were Star Trek The Next Generation and The Grateful Dead. But anyway, I have tried several times over the years to get into the dead. When I was in high school, a lot of people I knew were into the dead. Not my closest circle of friends, but kind of the folks around them. Because the dead were having a real resurgence thanks to Touch of Grey being a hit. and They were still touring and all that stuff. This was in the mid-80s. But then 
I myself was never into them then, and when I got to college, uh, my best friend in college, I was only in college for like 10 minutes, but I was there. When I got there, my best friend was a big deadhead, and he gave me a tape of New Year's Eve, I think 89 into 90, and uh, or 90 into 91, I can't remember, but anyway, a real deadhead is screaming at the radio right now. Uh, and that tape had the dead and Bruce Hornsby was the piano player and Bradford Marsalis was sitting in playing saxophone. And of course that was fun because I liked both of those guys. And a few times in the subsequent years, I mean, that's however many years ago that is now, 1992, a few times in the subsequent years, I have tried to get into the dead and I've just never found that emotional point to draw me in. So then the other day, uh, this writer Hunter Felt was talking with someone else who was also working on getting into the dead. And I also, I wasn't, I was not, I just happened to see this on Twitter. And he suggested this podcast called 36 from the vault, which is a podcast where they track and talk about each of the 36 volumes of the Dick's picks series, which is more unfortunately named now than it was then which was a series of tapes from the Grateful Dead vaults that this uh, guy whose first name was Dick curated and released out to the public. And actually somebody else took over after he died. But anyway, and this podcast, the podcast is kind of perfectly set up for someone like me who likes, you know, the DVD extras, because essentially you can listen to the record. They're all freely, uh, well, easily all the ones I've had to listen to so far are available on Spotify. Uh, and you can listen to the record, and then they will tell you about the thing you just listened to, which is perfect. That's exactly what I like. So I listened to volume one, and I did it in, you know, I don't uh, I don't drink, and I don't do any drugs. So I've always thought that that was part of the reason I was a little bit barred from entry into the Grateful Dead. So I put the lights down low in the kind of office guest roomy thing that we have, and I put some incense burning, and I know that's not the verb you use with that, and I laid back on the bed with headphones on and listened to that first record, and I really got into it. I really, really enjoyed it. It kind of made an emotional connection. I enjoyed the interplay of the musicians. I enjoyed the music. And then I listened to their podcast, which was you know this pretty epic story of how it even came to be. And then last night I did the second one, which is much shorter. The second one is the shortest of the whole series. It's just one set, and it's not even a whole set. So it's under an hour. And I listened to that, and then I listened to their podcast about it. And I really am am enjoying doing it that way, and I think I'm going to keep going. So who knew? Terry Pratchett's Discworld novels, Star Trek The Next Generation, and The Grateful Dead are the things that I have been diving into during this quarantine time. I'd love to hear what you're getting into that maybe you didn't have time for otherwise. You can hit me up at jason at abriefchat.com. You can also tweet at me at Jason D. Crane. And of course, you can find the show on Instagram at abriefchat. Thanks so much for listening. I love you. A better world is possible. Please.